3: Welcome to Tunes & Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes & Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up those feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm actually feeling like I'm in a good mood today. The sun is shining, I've paid my rent, and the beach is calling me by my full government name. In fact, I don't think I have anything negative to say today. I, you know, I, I don't feel like talking about how we messed up as a society when we decided acapella groups were good, or that Harry's house was a mid-album, or even that Coachella is just an excuse for the Kardashians to be seen in public. I'm feeling way too positive to mention any of that. So instead, I'm going to pour a cold drink while listening to some equally chill tunes. Please share the good vibes responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I asked one of my partners in crime to stop talking shit about Elon Musk on her new Threads account and join me on the air instead. And she is...
2: Lily, your copywriter, who is always in a good enough mood to talk shit. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> and our guest today is a self-described bipolar Nepali nomad who took the world by storm right when it was shutting down. He made his way from Nepal to India, Germany, Canada, and finally the United States, bringing with him a wealth of experience that he wove into a chameleonic mix of alternative and hip-hop tailor-made for the TikTok age. He started making music at 14 and eventually found his stage name through an homage to his two favorite artists, Joy Division's Ian Curtis and Frank Ocean. He rose to prominence in April 2020 when a 15-second snippet of his song Stunnin' started to go viral on everyone's favorite social media platform, eventually gaining north of 300 million streams and hitting number three on Rolling Stone's Breakthrough 25 chart. And more importantly, it eventually became the theme song for the TNT mascot, Pierogi the Black Pug. He's here today to talk all about his new album, Bad Son, which hit streaming last month and is a testament to his heritage And his most personal artistic statement to date. Tunes and Tumblrs fam, please welcome Curtis Waters to the pod.
4: I exist, I'm here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Yeah, welcome. We've been trying to make this happen for a long time. It's great to finally get you in the room, even if it's just a digital room.
4: Okay, cool, I'm glad we can admit it's a digital room. Sometimes we do interviews and they like make you pretend you're there or they make you pretend it's live. So I'm glad I don't have to lie today.
3: Yeah, it'd be something if I was the only one in the room who had, you know, a professional microphone.
4: Yeah, true. I'm glad today is a day of honesty for us.
3: Yeah, so we're going to keep it honest and pour some delicious drinks to keep that honesty flowing. But, you know, unfortunately, I've got to mention that our mixologist, Kaylin, couldn't be here today. She's in recovery from surgery. So I will do my best to make her proud. But before that, we need to break the ice. Tell me, what has everyone been listening to recently? I'll go first. I've really been on an ice spice kick recently. Mm -hmm. Um, like the entire world i don't know where she came from but she has like kind of been the breakthrough artist of 2023 and i'm down for it her flow is really rapid fire it's giving me like early megan the stallion vibes i don't understand a lot of the hate that she is getting on social media it's like anytime somebody posts like a video of her the reply guys are just like trying to tear her down i'm like what is going on like she's a new artist she only has, like, one EP and, like, a couple of hits. She's got a lot of room for growth, but I'm, I'm here for it. What's everyone's opinion of Ice Spice? Does anyone else understand why people are hating
4: on her? People are just mad, man. People don't want to see someone win. And people yeah, don't want to see people... someone feeling. Ice Spice is incredible. I love Ice Spice. Like, in the short time she's been here, she's had so many fucking hits, dude. She's been back to back to back to back. So anyone that's hating on Ice Spice, you know, you got to go to therapy. You got to see what... <laughs> You know, whatever you got going wrong with you, this is a personal issue. <laughs> Would it be?
2: I think some people just hate to see a girl boss winning, and that is exactly what she's doing, picking up some big dubs.
3: Yeah. What have you been listening to, Lily?
2: Well, I feel like I need to come clean about something that I've been keeping as a secret for some time now. I have been a closet Blackpink stan mm. for a while. Blackpink is really my only K-pop entrance let's say like really the only k-pop that i listen to however through listening to them i've been able to discover a couple of other bands that i've only now recently started to get into and forgive me if i'm not pronouncing it right but le seraphim le seraphim they're a k-pop group that i have recently really really started to dig and their album unforgiven is so amazing like i think i like blackpink more for the energy you know Mm. not necessarily the lyrics my friends and i who i've let in on this very personal and private secret love to listen to it but we will also you know when a lyric like look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane comes on we'll giggle a little bit but i think with seraphim i i like more for the actual music itself they have one song called impurities that has been playing on repeat in my head non-stop and so if you're looking for any sort of entry into the k-pop world that is not black pink or bts unforgiven is an amazing album to start with
4: mm-hmm. k-pop i like k-pop i do get overwhelmed by it because it's so maximalistic sometimes so i have to totally. really be in you know i went to a asian restaurant yesterday and they were playing a lot mm-hmm. of k-pop but it's like so just like so many changes so maximalistic it it gets overstimulating if if you're not in the right mood i feel like
2: no i totally agree some k-pop for me is a little too sugary if that makes any sense it's a little too bubblegum pop for my personal taste but this particular album kind of roots itself in like a house beat there's a lot of house influences and you can still feel that pop but i feel like there's a broader reach of genre that they find in this one particular album if you're looking for something hype and purely entertaining i think that this is a really good one for that
4: cool i've been listening to like well when i listen to music it's like based on colors so when i was working on my album it was a lot of red colors for black and white and it was like this like intense color like it, when i was working on it it was like yellows and it was very like contrasted you know lately i've been really into blues so like some of the blue music i've been enjoying is i love party next door he just dropped a new song think it's incredible it's a really good party next door song i've been really into like um uk rap and stuff and there's this guy i think his name is like Ant live or something there's a song called la la La, so or ooh la la i don't know something like that but mostly just like listening to shit and i'm like oh does this feel blue and then i'll put it on a playlist of blue songs
3: so synesthesia i totally
4: feel that i don't know i mean people say that maybe i don't know because i don't know if i had that before i was making music a lot but i feel like when you make music because i do a lot of graphic design and directing and like there's so many other things that go into it together that you i think you sort of have to learn to adapt and sort of combine those different senses so maybe i have it maybe i don't because sometimes people will say shit like oh i ate this burger and it was blue or like i listened to this music and it tastes like meat like i'm like what the fuck are you guys talking about you guys are lying (laughs) or maybe you're not maybe it does happen to you so i don't know but you know certain songs sound like certain colors
2: i would be really interested to hear if we went down all of us to like find out what everybody relates what color to what artist would be because i'm sure that it'd be different for all of us yeah but we have similar themes within
4: like i don't know like when i think of like the stuff i've been into lately is like purplish blue even like something i don't like bryson tiller party next door stuff like that feels very like bluish you know what i mean versus something like Joy Division has this like gray murky mm. brown tone and I don't know if that's totally. like a mental... For me, it feels obvious, you know, like I don't think I'm like, I have a thing and I'm special, you know, it just feels like, yeah, I mean, it feels obvious, I guess, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Curtis, have you ever heard of Arden?
2: I think he spells his name A-R-T-Y-N, he's a no. British rapper and I'm glad you brought up British rap because nobody that I know likes British rap like as much as I do. But He's a British rapper that I've been a big fan of for a while.
4: No, I literally got into British rap yesterday, so I know nothing about (laughs) it. I literally got into it yesterday when I was at the gym. I was like, oh, this is sick. And I think, like, the accents are sick. Like, you know, when I was making a lot of the songs on the album, you know, I was, like, pretending to be British sometimes. Like, when I was making Manic Man, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Because you can't do a lot of accents because it's kind of racist. But I feel like no one gets mad (laughs) at you if you do the British accent. So it's totally fine. (laughs) I think
2: the British have earned more than enough
4: making fun of. you know know, All the colonization and all that stuff, the least we can do is do a little accent. What are they going to do? I think
2: they've earned a little mockery. There's nothing like watching an episode of Love Island and just repeating everything everybody says, but in the most offensive accent you possibly can. Dude,
4: I mean, it's not even like mockery, though. It just sounds hard. When you get on like a (laughs) post-punk song, you can't sound like you're from North Carolina. That sounds fucking stupid, (laughs) bro. You gotta pretend Britain
3: totally well listeners do you want to hear more of what we've had on repeat why not go over to Spotify and check out our YBLT playlist YBLT stands for what have you been listening to but you'll know you found the playlist when you find a picture of a sandwich because we're all about BLTs and this BLT has a ton of condiments that include Lily's taste my taste Jamie's taste Kaylin's taste who else is part of this show Eric from time to time Yeah, just check it out. We have so many different flavors, so many things to enjoy. And if you are an artist looking to get exposure, please send us your stuff or your friend's stuff. We love listening to new artists and we love featuring them on the show, on the Spotify playlist, everywhere, on our socials, just hit us up. But I think that I'm talking way too much and I need to make myself a drink. I got something waiting for us into the bar, but first we need to card you, Curtis. What did you bring to show our bouncer today?
4: Man, I bought this uh, Dragon Ball manga, what I used to read when I was a kid. What I got, very big but very fucking fat. Got some color segments too. Yeah, is what I got.
3: Oh wow, so is that what? like the original or is this like a new Dragon Ball series?
4: No, Dragon Ball is like the OG one. Like this is from like the 90s. This is before I was even born. So oh, wow. Dragon Ball is, I don't know how much you guys are into it, but Dragon Ball is when he was a kid. Dragon Ball is when he's like a normal person. But yeah, this is my favorite thing when I was a kid. I used to actually go by the name Trunks when I was a kid as a producer. And I used to like get the same haircut as him. I used to try to get the same color. But then there was this other guy, he's like a rapper named Trunks, so I couldn't take that name anymore. So I made up Curtis Waters. Ah, that's Amazing, the origin story here. There you go, we got it right here.
3: You know what, I think that worked because our bouncer is a huge fan of Dragon Ball. So welcome to the Toons and Tumblers bar. This is the best bar in la for cocktails we have one of the best menus for cocktails and as far as i am concerned i think it's the only bar that has a magical jukebox that can play whatever we want lily would you like to demonstrate what are we listening to today
2: i mean i can demonstrate but you guys might want to stand back because last time i tried this some random patron accidentally got hit with whatever the weird goop it is that powers this thing and i recently saw her on youtube and she was playing this really weird 10 minute ukulele song about bony little back and how much of a loser she is. So yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend giving this one. But today the jukebox seems to be working in my favor and she is spinning a record that feels like the hypest diary entry you have ever heard. It's an album that follows the life of a nomad as he explores the inner workings of a shadowy and unscrupulous industry, death herself, and perhaps the most frightening of all, the inner workings of his own mind. Ooh. Oh, and this adventure is uh soundtrack by a complex range of musical styles and social influences, reaching from Justin Timberlake to communism. And the record is, of course, Curtis Waters' newest LP, Bad Son.
4: <laughs>
3: Woo, I love it. Now comes my turn. I have only done this once before on our Surf Curse episode, but it is my turn to try to take over the bar as the bartender. I have no idea where Kalen and Pedro have kept anything. So I like was rifling in shelves, looking like under the floorboards where like I found a stack of Pokemon cards. I didn't end up using those in the cocktail, but I really gravitated toward your story, Curtis, about like your travels, how you've gotten from where you came from to where you are. And I think in the album you kind of capture that perfectly. And probably the most fun track for me is Himbo. And because I love wordplay, I have created something called the Himalayan Himbo based on your tastes.
4: Hey, whoa, nice.
3: Now, what I did was I took your favorite flavors of mango and Gatorade, which you told me you like to sip on when you're feeling fancy. So we turned that into a fancy cocktail. It's essentially a mango margarita, if you can see it here. Whoa, it's real. Yes, it it's real. I made it. It exists. What I did was I made a mango puree that has agave nectar and lime zest, and I mixed that with mezcal, orange Gatorade, and lime, and then I rimmed the lip here with like my own kind of tahini, except it has powdered Dali Kursani chilies, which are from Nepal. So Yeah, wow. I tried. Is it I, good? We you tried it? Yes, I did. And it actually tastes really good because in margaritas, you have like the triple sec or the Cointreau, which is the orange. And all I did was take that out and put an orange Gatorade instead. And it works.
4: Mm. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Where it's really you good. You get all these ingredients. I, like, I looked at the ingredients and I was like, dude, it feels like I'm like, making a potion.
3: <laughs> well, mango nectar, <laughs> you can actually, like if you're making mango nectar on your own or if you're just picking it up at the store, you can get it at like BevMo. Like all of this stuff, I found at like Ralph's or Kroger, depending oh, on wow. where you are. The only thing was the chilies, which I had to get from like a Middle Eastern market. They were just dried chilies, and I just threw them in my, what is it, magic bullet, and mixed it with salt. And there, there you go. Oh yeah, there's Great. also cardamom in the mango puree to kind of give it that like floral flavor a little mm. bit.
4: Mm. Crazy, I'm gonna have to try it.
3: Yeah, sorry that I'm the only one drinking today. But cheers to Bad sun, everybody.
4: Yeah. Water. Cheers. I'm sick of the news, sick of the games, sick of the disrespect. I might just move out of the mountains. I ain't finished the mission yet. I'm done with the dance. I ain't shaking hands, shit. I'm trying to disconnect. to say I'm the person of all. It just ain't official
3: yet. Bitch, get ready. When this shit drop gets ready. I don't fucked up, I'm petty. My shit blown up confetti.
4: Is that tea?
2: It's coffee
1: yeah. in my
4: Jane Austen mug. I don't know who that is, but I'm sure they exist. Jane Austen?
2: She Jane Austen. She was a, a writer back in the day. Cool. And by back in the day, I mean like 200 years ago.
3: So not the 1990s.
2: <laughs> not quite, no.
3: <laughs> you know what's cool. really funny is that I went axe throwing a few weeks ago. And the coach, because like you need a coach for liability reasons at the axe throwing place, we were making jokes, but because we're millennials, like all of them were falling flat. We were talking about Austin Powers, and he's like, "What's Austin Powers?" I'm like, "You know the <laughs> Mike Myers movies, the Spy Who Shagged Me." He's like, "I've never heard of that." I'm like, "How old are you?" He's like, 19. Oh wow! Oh man, <laughs> the year 2000 was before you were born. That was insane. Yeah. Well, I was
4: in 1999 December, but in my head, I'm still like, dude, if you're after 2000, it's not real. It's not real. Like you're if like you a
2: alive. If you weren't alive. 9 11 and you're older like, than
4: me then you're like washed up but if you're younger than me like <laughs> something's wrong too so Before the year
2: 1999 get the fuck out of here
4: 99 <laughs> is fine December is fine yeah. but what about don't August? get too careful around it though yeah there is August 99 is that appropriate August is fine I think 99 is safe <laughs> you know but because <laughs> after 2000 yeah. you're really not even human that is a very bold statement which you care to elaborate <laughs> here's my boomer take okay this is my boomer All take right. Right. I think I'm making this up on the spot so if I'm wrong you know whatever but it okay here's my take and I'm gonna go on a tangent so because I grew up in Nepal technology hadn't fully integrated into society yet so when I was younger we didn't really have the internet and we didn't really have computers like that so we were always outside we were always playing outside and shit and this is very like Facebook boomer of me but then I think once the internet became so popular humanity has like changed on a very fundamental level to the point where we can't exist without technology at all now and even though we are physically separated i think mentally we're inseparable from technology to the point where we're cyborgs you know what i mean the next step of human evolution isn't going to be like a physical thing but it's going to be something where technology is going to blend with our humanity but that's why i think if you're born after 1999 you're not even like a normal human you're like fucked these kids t- and their phones, man. Just these kids. And-
2: <laughs> I I have had plenty of tangents and conversations that follow a very similar stream of thought, so I get you, man.
3: You don't sound crazy. I think
4: crazy. it's gonna get worse. I think, uh, you know, something's in the air. Yeah. But today, today is a day of positivity. Mm.
3: I agree. Wait, did you guys say something? I was posting on my Threads account. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you couldn't pay me enough to give Zuck more of my data, part of me that wants to join, but at the same time I cannot give the Zuck the satisfaction of another account that I've created in his honor.
3: I think it's just the same account you have from Instagram, but I'm not going to fight his battles for him. I just want to get all of my memes away from Elon. That's that's my
4: whole thing. There's too much social media now. There's too many things. You know, I don't care who wins. Let's just let let's just let someone win, bro. Like I don't want to have to post the same fucking meme on every single fucking social media and like turn it into a TikTok and turn it a tweet. Let's just have one thing, you know? Mm.
2: Totally. Don't care who wins as long as we get the shit really
3: over okay.
4: with. Let's just keep it efficient, man.
2: It's got to be the Highlander
3: Period. situation. They all got to fight until there's just one.
2: <laughs> we put yeah. Zuck and Elon Musk in a room and whoever walks out of that room gets to be the king of the internet. I don't know how
3: how I feel about that, though. Well, they're doing that, right? Aren't they going to fight in the Coliseum or something? Nah, no,
4: they stopped because I think Elon Musk's mother told him not to or something. It was really <laughs> weird. Yeah. This is, like,
3: so <laughs> kindergarten. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just,
2: hey, sorry, we can't fight in the parking lot anymore. My mom said I wasn't allowed to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man, we should probably talk about your album now, Curtis. Yeah. get to get to this rabbit hole oh yeah let's pull ourselves out of the rabbit warren and instead this is your second album pity party was your first i want to know how the creative process differed from you when you went into making this album as opposed to your first
4: i mean the first one i was like in a college dorm or my my mom's like house you know what i mean like i i didn't have any music friends i was just doing it all by myself i couldn't even like make music loudly because my mom was in the other room and she would make fun of me so I had to be really secretive when I was making my first album. And also, like, I was working at Tropical Smoothie, I was in school, like, I wasn't really in it like that, you know what I mean? Whenever I had time, I would, like, go whisper quietly so nobody would hear me and, like, try to finish stuff. This time around, I was like, oh, this is for real. Like, I really got to do this shit, you know? And, like, I went to Canada, I went to L.A., I did tours. I, like, did all the shit that you're supposed to do when you're an artist, I guess. Honestly, to me, like, this was, like, my first, like, real album. But that's what everybody says, I think. I don't know, this took fucking forever. This was a pain in the ass. It wasn't easy. It was like a life. How long did it take together? I first came up with the idea for the album when I was 14. So that was like nine years ago. And I made like a bunch of albums and I was trying to like, because I had this color and the story and the characters already when I was a kid, because I used to draw comics and I have the book somewhere here. So I made like the Bad Son comic and the character was Curtis Waters. So since I was like 14, I was trying to make this album, but then every time I would make an album, I was like, it's not good enough yet. Like, it's not, like, what it needs to be. So, like, even Pity Party or, like, mixtapes I've made, they were all supposed to be called "Badson" at one point. And, like, now, like, fucking nine years later, I was like, okay, yeah, this is – I did it. This is good. I told the story.
2: Um, Well, I think that really comes through on the album because when I listen to the two separately, Pity Party to me definitely feels more like a collection of songs where every song kind of has this – individual identity it sounds very unique and while bad Sun also has that in the sense that like every song is very distinct i think it has a far better flow throughout it hmm. i think you can tell there's a sonic story taking place there both in the lyrics and in the music but you know the songs transition into each other really really well while also mediating these
4: great emotional levels between each song yeah thank you I really wanted to make some shit that was like what I was obsessed with when I was 14. Like I love Because of the Internet by Charles Gambino or Wolf. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to drop an album until I feel like this is as incredible as the shit that I grew up listening to. And it took me so long. The first version of this album I thought was going to be done two years ago. Didn't get done. You know what I mean? I think the biggest thing from the first album to this album was just the expectation I had for myself and what I had to do to reach that, you know?
2: I'm sure we'll also get into talking about this in particular in a little bit, but after having a song go so viral and to get so much notoriety off of it, I'm sure that adds maybe a, an extra bit of pressure to feel completely comfortable and feel completely in love with what you're putting out when you realize that, oh, there are lots of people who are going to hear this and who are going to see this and who are going to be like paying attention to it. You want to make sure that it is truly what you want to be doing.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was so much pressure that I, I was, like, paralyzed for a really long time and I couldn't really release any music. I think the biggest difference is, like, the way I internalize the pressure, because there's two games you could play, right? You could be like, oh, there's so many people watching. I need to make another hit and I need to, like, have this, like, fucking moment again and kind of go down that path of, you know, this, like, race. And then the other thing was, like, oh, okay, there's a lot of people here. Let me make something that's so honest to myself that 90% of these people will leave. And I think a big part of this album and just this new era is just like cutting down all the fat and like alienating all the people that aren't here to stay and building from scratch you know what i mean Mm so yeah i feel good about it i think it's it's sort of like a rebirth in a way you know
2: absolutely you want to identify the fan base that is there for you and for the stuff that feels the most like you yeah yeah
3: One thing I read is that Bad Son relates a lot to your experiences as an immigrant. I'm wondering if you can elaborate like the story that you created in that respect.
4: It's sort of weird. Every time I try to describe it, I feel like I have so much difficulty. But then when I like even tell like an immigrant the name of the album, they'll be like, oh, I get it. I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? The same way I think like, you know, sometimes women will talk about certain things. And I think as a man, I'll try to understand. But then they have this like intrinsic connection. They know that experience. but. Yeah, it feels even weird articulating it sometimes, but when I was 10 years old, I moved from Nepal to Canada and it was like a big change and I don't know, just like dealing with racism and financial stuff and trying to make it out, I guess. I think a lot of it's like internal guilt and you know, it's like it's like heavy. It's it's weird to I guess even talk about it casually, but I think it was just sort of this journey, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't think the album is specific about my immigrant experience. Or like, that's the only thing I think it's more so just like a general commentary on ego to me, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I think American dream, capitalism, ego, it's not really something that is exclusive to somewhat of my demographic, I guess, you know?
3: Yeah, and you've got like these two poles going on there, too, because you have songs on there that are just like really wild and tongue in cheek, like Himbo, and then you have Death Keeps Calling My Name. Do you find yourself kind of like grappling with these two different things at once? Or do you just like move from one place to another? Like, how, how is this all connected to you?
4: Yeah, I mean, well, it was so confusing because, you know, it's easier to make songs like Death Keeps Calling My Name and the Inner Child and stuff because um, it is what it is, right? But when you make something like Himbo or Petty, which are really fun, it's hard to explain why it fits into a narrative. And for a long time, I didn't even know how it would make sense in this album, you know? But then the way I kind of ended up working on the album was it's sort of three different albums. It's three different stories. The first is Inner Child. And then the middle section is Himbo. And the third section is Bad Son. So it's this story and it's this arc where it's supposed to go like this. And um, each section is its own um, character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you, like, when I was writing it out, it was definitely, like, the storytelling part of it. Like, there's scenes and um, I don't know like when I was making the music I wasn't thinking what genre is this or what does it sound like it was more so like hey right, right here we're in this fucking red carpet event and right here we're fucking fighting Jeff Bezos like it was just it's like this uh video game in my mind you know what I mean so that's sort of the yeah. way I was um sculpting the track listing is there yeah. a video um, game it, where we can fight Jeff Bezos hey you know what um I'm actually you know well you know stay tuned, yeah. listeners. <laughs> for because you know anytime i do something i grossly grossly like um miscalculate like how much effort it takes like when i was starting this album i didn't know how to make music i had never made music in my life i had like never done it and i was like oh cool yeah i like learn how to make music and i'll drop this album next year it took like 10 years to figure out how to make music um i really want to make a video game so i would love to tell everyone like hey i'm gonna make a game and it'll come out next year i have no idea how to make games but eventually it'll come out what kind of game would you want to make, like fantasy RPG, first person shooter? Yeah, I think yeah, I'd love to make like an RPG, like, a I don't know. Like, I love Skyrim. I'd love some shit like that, Um, like Take Place in Nepal or something. But right now, I want to make a game like Scott Pilgrim. Have you guys ever played the Scott Pilgrim game? Oh, yeah. I
3: have.
4: Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, I want to make something like that. Is it like playing through the movie? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was based on the comics first. So I feel like it takes direct, because um, they look like the comic characters that came out. Um. Yeah, it's like the comic, um, and then it's like a side stroller beat 'em up. So it's like yeah. very like classic. It's really fun.
3: Eight bit brawler. It's really.
4: Cool. Yeah, it's really cute. I wanna yeah. make some stuff like that. Fun yeah. little
3: indie game where you beat up Jeff Bezos while listening to Bad Son.
4: Yeah, swag. <laughs> Going with
2: this video game theme, if you had to choose one song that was like a main quest and one song that was like a side quest from this album, what do you think you would? Which like category the do you think? Yeah. What
4: would you call like a main quest from this album versus like a side quest? Bunny is definitely like a side quest. It's like a little fun moment there. I don't know, main quest would probably literally be like the three songs, was, like Inner Child, Pimbo, um, American Dream. You know, that's like the three chapters of the mm-hmm. thing. Everything else is sort of like giving context to each section, I think.
2: Totally. And I think that makes a lot of sense when you put... I. I when you listen to this album you can feel a lot of the emotion that was put into it from your end um and it's really nice to have those moments of levity amid, amidst yeah. the but you know what like,
4: when i'm chilling i don't even want to listen to the fucking sad songs like that shit is fucking depressing that shit like triggers me honestly when i'm just hanging out i just want to listen to like petty and bunny like those are the two songs i really listen to over and over and um which is funny because in like a lot of people Uh, it's weird because Petty and Bunny to the story of the album aren't as crucial, I guess. But like, if I'm just driving around, I'm not trying to like fucking hear some guys like traumatic life story every time. That shit is fucking exhausting. I just want to like listen to like something fun for a bit, you know?
2: Sure, dude. I mean, I I just recently downloaded one of the um, Witcher DLCs, Blood and Wine. And I have to say, sometimes I'd rather play that than like the final Wild Hunt boss battle.
4: Yeah, because I played that game, place. but I'm sure you're making sense. Sure. I'm sure what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> means something.
2: Fans of The Witcher, comment below. <laughs>
4: <You'd> rather <laughs> do
2: a DLC or a final battle?
4: Yeah.
3: Fun fact: I've had that game for like six years, and to this day, I've never gotten past like the tutorial world. Like, yeah, I, de- <laughs> I defeated the Griffin, and then the world got super big, and I'm just like, whoa, this is too intense. I'm gonna go back to my room.
4: I was so excited to play it and then I played a bit of it and it was so overwhelming with the information that I was like dude I'm literally this is too much mm-hmm. I totally
2: feel that that's exactly how I am with Breath of the Wild I've tried to get into it but the map is just way
4: too huge for me to even begin to start like picking apart you guys ever play Borderlands
3: yes no I've I heard love it though
4: it's a fun game I play with my girlfriend all the time yeah it's good it's a good game that's all i have to say actually i have more things to say i like games where you can make your character i like where i feel like i have a choice into the type of person i'm becoming i like where you can upgrade skills and stuff so that's what i really like in a game because that's what you
3: do in real life exactly i wish it was simple i wish every time i completed something it told me how many xp i got and like how many more xp till i get my next achievement and and my next uh my next thing on my skill tree well, you know,
4: you know what's great though? I feel like when you play games a lot, you can kind of hack your brain into becoming a better person. Cuz I was really depressed for a little bit and I was like playing Skyrim a lot, all right? And I was like, dude, if I do this, I'll level up my like arching and then I can do this, I can do this. And I was like, bro, I could just go to the gym. I could level up my muscles, you know? I could pick up things. I could I could go to like this map and I could go explore this place. You can just convince yourself life is worth living if you think it's a video game.
2: Wow, I never thought of it that way, but that's a really good point.
4: Really, <laughs> I do it like- all the time. If I'm like feeling anxious or something, I'll just like force myself to talk to random people outside. Because you know, in a game, you got to talk to a lot of people. You <laughs> you'll get force yourself
2: to go talk to NPCs.
4: Yeah, <laughs> everyone's no, an what- NPC. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, you have to, or that's else amazing. you'll die. So. It's good, man. Every time yeah. you go in public, you got to talk to everyone because you never know what they might give you. They might give you an item. They might give you quest information. It actually works. Yeah, in real life is just like that.
2: And if you ever see a chest out in public or a box that looks like it might have a cool sword in it, go in and open
4: it. Always open things in public. Open things, break sure. things. Yeah, just don't for, do for what sure. Link
3: does and walk into people's houses and fuck shit up.
4: Yeah, don't I'm just gonna it. start walking into people's houses
2: and smashing bases on the floor. I think that that's the yeah, only no, way that there's I. There's
4: like so many with. buildings you can just walk into. Like, not saying you should, but like if you ever go downtown, right? Like, obviously, there's like buildings you know you can go to, right? But there's so many things like if you really open your mind to it, you can really enter a lot of buildings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you have the courage, definitely. Yeah, if you leveled up you your courage it hard,
4: Like, you know, like you know, you'll see like a pottery class, you'll see a painting class, you'll see like shit everywhere. Who goes there? I don't know, you could just go there. So that's a new thought I am I'm developing right now.
2: I really like that philosophy. I'm gonna start implementing that in my own life as well. Just walking <laughs> yeah. in places
3: that's cool.
4: And you finally yeah. gave me the
3: little push I need to go to that pottery class I've been avoiding.
4: Yeah, dude. Sick. You can you can go anywhere. And you can talk to most people too. Like what are, they can't like hit you, you know. You can talk to most people. Like what do they mean they do? could. They could. but, but like, a... well, like even if they hit you, it's like a cool thing. It's like a story. Like they can't kill you. Like yeah. usually like when you talk to someone, they won't kill you. It's only good. And even if something bad happens, it's a good story. So
2: Curtis, man, you are bringing so many like really profound philosophies to this chat through the vehicle of video games, and I am so dead serious. I'm gonna start like implementing these into my day to day life because you make
4: so many good points. I'm so serious. Like, like anxiety doesn't even have to exist. Like, what, what are they? They can't kill you. People really can't just kill you. You can do a lot of things.
3: I mean, some people will kill you, but I think that the uh, the ratio of people who will kill you to the people who won't is uh, pretty pretty low.
4: It's like a risk worth taking. Yeah,
3: I, I think, think that's so. a really good point. I had a I'm really good said- question that I wanted to ask to like wrap up our conversation, but I think I'm going to change it in light of the type of of things we've been talking about. Um, if your life, this is for both of you, if your life was a video game, tell me the genre.
2: Oh like what we would want it to be or what it actually is like are we being honest or are we being fun both
3: give us both
4: okay curtis you want to go first i really feel like i'm like in an mmorpg all the time like but like like sims or like barbie or something you know like barbie like career like i really feel like i'm a barbie like i really feel like i could do anything um i could talk to anybody i you know it's just fun man you could go swimming you could go develop a new career you could have a hobby you could walk into buildings it's it's just great you know when you really start looking at it like what it is it's incredible man here's well Mm -hmm. another thing though i would love to get in fights i'd love to work out and become strong and fight people as well but i haven't done that yet that's my take
3: oh my gosh have you seen the rick and morty where they play realistic video games
4: No, 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 that that show stresses me out. I get scared of that show. I don't like that
3: one. It's really scary, but they do have this one episode where they, like, turn up the realism on their, like, console. And so they play Street Fighter, but they, like, both of their characters wake up in the morning and then they have to find each other in order to fight. And it's like, and you have, like, a rage meter, so you've got to, like, find each other before you forget why you're mad at each other. (laughs) It's like, a fight fight isn't even guaranteed.
4: (laughs) That's adorable. I like that a lot. That it's is really cute. Really cute. <laughs> yeah, I like that.
2: Maybe that's what I would like my my life to be as a video game is just, you know, having a little bar at the bottom of my eyesight or at the bottom of my screen until I forget the reason that I'm accomplishing some task and then I just move on to whatever the next quest is.
3: That's just
4: ADHD. Yeah. Well, you know what i wasn't like, insane, But <laughs> like, This shit really isn't real. Like, if I'm being so honest... I don't care, you know, like musician career, I don't care. Like, you just have to make something up so that you don't want to die. And you have to like, do things every day so that there's like a point, right? Like, who cares, you know, like, I don't, Curtis Waters, albums, music, marketing, what is this? You know, it's not fucking, doesn't matter really, you know, it's whatever, like we're this is a, this is an act in a way, right? Like we're doing it because if you don't, you'll die, you know, you'll kill yourself. So you got to kind of make up things so you wanna you have desires. That's my take. So mm. it's all you know, that's my take. But it's fun. It's good. It's good to make up things, you know, so you do things. But yeah.
3: That's meta-realism. It's like none of this matters, but I'm going to choose to do it anyway because it's fun
4: or it means something to me. Yeah, and you have to like like for me, I have to like convince myself if it means something, you know? Mm. Um I'm like, I don't know. Does it matter? Maybe. It doesn't but like what are you gonna do? You're not just gonna like can't just like not do stuff, right? So, like, every, every few years, I'll have to, like, make a really grand goal to follow, you know? Whether it be, like, oh, okay, I'm going to win a Grammy. Who cares? What's a Grammy? It doesn't matter. You just make it up. Just do it, right? And then make a video game. It just fucking doesn't matter. Just do it, right? Else, what are you going to do, right? So, mm-hmm. that's my, my take yeah. on life.
3: Lily, what's your video well,
4: game?
2: Um, I think in reality, I have a very Animal Crossing style, mm. like game life because really most of my day-to-day is just eating stuff so that i can break more things and Mm. redecorate places every couple of weeks and sometimes forgetting to talk to my neighbors and then they you know get passive aggressive about how i haven't talked to them in a while but if i could make my life into any video game i think i don't know i have a very limited knowledge of video games i've only played so many but um Maybe in relation to what Curtis was saying, like something like Portal, where I just have a bunch of tasks and puzzles that I have to figure out so that I never get bored. And I'm constantly just finding new ways to put the block onto the button and get out of the room. I think that would give my <laughs> life a lot of purpose. Except
3: the cake is real, it's
4: not a lie. Like really good game. You know what? I'm going to tell you guys one more game thing that's really cool. There's this, uh, there, oh, yeah. you guys know, like Flash games, like on the computer? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to have these. So there's this, like, dude. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from Asia or something. He makes these, like, little games called Grow. So, it's, like, Grow Plant, Grow Technology, Grow Civilization, whatever, right? So, the whole thing is, like, you have to make these small decisions that, and then time keeps going and then things change, right? So, it could be, like, how civilizations progress or how animals evolve or how technologies happen. So, you know, it you know would be sick, man. I'd love to, I guess, like, uh, like grow civilizations and, like, uh, evolve things. That would be sick. That would be cool. That's my... what was
3: the the name of that game from like 2006 or uh, like spore spore was like like
4: that's my favorite shit that's just so cool to me yeah
3: i think to answer my own question my life is the stanley parable and the way that it is now is oh wow i'm listening (laughs) to the narrator but i would like to not listen to the narrator that's yeah
4: What is Stanley Parable? I don't know what
3: that is. Stanley Parable is this very simple Steam game where you are a dude in an office and you hear like an omniscient narrator telling you like what Stanley does. And like, you know, you can win the game by listening to the narrator and it's just about Stanley getting out of the building. And that's all you do. You you can complete it in 10 minutes or you can completely not listen to the narrator and do your own thing until you find like, like just this crazy weird shit that's like going on in the building and it just gets so meta and the narrator gets increasingly frustrated with you for not listening to him
4: sounds very stressful (laughs) i'm sorry about your life (laughs) (laughs)
2: Anthony.
3: i'd rather not listen to the narrator because who knows what i could discover in this building that is my life
4: i feel that yeah that's true i agree that's a good way who's
3: the narrator in your life anthony uh, my intrusive thoughts.
4: Sure.
3: But Facts. you know, this has been a really great conversation. But unfortunately, we got to start wrapping things up. Before we do, though, who would like to play a little game of hashtag mood? Two hands. Hey, us. we got a yes. we got a theme song yes. for this. Wow, wow, what's I will never get tired of that hashtag mood song. So thank you, Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. I think Jacob Jeffries actually just came out with a new song because I saw it on Instagram the other day. So go check out his work. He is a lot of fun. But what is hashtag mood, you ask? Hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex how good we are at building playlists. What we're going to do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblr's inbox where people, fans of the show, fans of the artists we have talked to, have left us moods. These are things floating about in their mind that they want turned into playlists. We're going to grab a couple of them and turn each one into the ultimate Spotify playlist. And I've got those two picked out right now. Who would like to hear the first one? I wouldn't mind. Good. We have at least one person who's excited. This one is. I was, ex- I was, I was just being a feminist. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Letting the woman speak. Thank you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> just make sure that you're propping up a girl boss. That's what's important. Always. Always. <laughs> this this first one is pretty similar to what we've been talking about, oddly enough. It comes to us from Q 97 on Instagram, who wants a playlist for realizing that you're in a TV show. Mm,
4: true. When I give you <laughs> stuff, i might give you a song.
3: Each of us gets to pick one or two songs that go with this movie. Mm.
4: I actually listen to shit like this all the time. This is what I listen to most of the time. Cool. Picturing that
3: you're in your own TV show.
4: I really like, um, hmm, I listen to a lot of ambient music.
2: You know what? I'm going to go with Infinity Repeating by Daft Punk featuring Julian Casplantes and The Voids. Very cool.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: Don't have a great... Description as to why I just feel like it
4: fits the mood. I found this me? one song. You guys ever watch that movie, uh, *Virgin Suicide*? Oh, I found it. Play Love it. by Air*. Makes me feel like I'm in a really weird dream, alone in Kyoto. Also, the theme from *Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind*. Those are, those are good. Those are good. Good uh, movies. Good ambient songs. Yeah, I think those are
2: those are great movies too that also fit the mood in the way that, like, uh, in *The Virgin Suicides*. The girls were always being, you know, perceived and watched by the guys, and uh, Eternal Sunshine of the as Mine, I think, just hits directly on that mood. Mm.
4: Cool. Awesome, I win. Awesome.
3: <laughs> the only like I cannot get this out of my head, and I don't think this is a song you can find anywhere, but there's that one episode of Family Guy from like 2002 where he asks a genie for his own theme music, and it's just as he's walking around, the music keeps changing. Um, and I just keep thinking about that, like, I would just like my own like ambient what is he what is he up to right now
2: if you could pick any band to write your theme music what band would you pick
3: fountains of wayne specifically adam schlesinger because he's so good at it in fact i think my theme song might be you're my best friend and i know and i know i'm not yours by um well it's it's from crazy ex-girlfriend yeah all right that song all right you could probably find that on the soundtrack probably or oh my god the 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 one that um Greg sings, um, "I could if I wanted to, but I don't." That feels very Anthony. <laughs> Would agree. Okay, so those two, if you can find them on the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend soundtrack, I like it. This is a good playlist, but we have one more we can do if everyone's down. Yeah. And this is also kind of in the same vein. This one is also from Instagram. It's from at Madison Walker McKenzie, who wants a playlist that can help her escape from reality.
4: Wow, something's up with mm. society. Uh, <laughs>
3: these are the moods that people have
2: maybe um exit music for a film by radiohead yes
3: oh my god
4: you know i'm gonna go the opposite way i'm gonna go with something really fun and you know not in reality um gotta be something stupid man it's gotta be you know i think like 2010's pop music is like great escapism you know because no matter how fucked up the world was you listen to a song like i'm gonna dance the night away till the world dies and i'm young and i'm you know, like, that's great. Let like, DJ, that's... turn
2: on my song, gonna pour a drink, yes. gonna dance okay. with my friends.
4: I Got a Feeling is the greatest, like, escapist song. Because no matter what's going on in the world, you got you got that feeling, you know? So that's my take.
2: Mm-hmm. I dig that. Yeah, that's really
4: good. So Radiohead and then Black Eyed Peas right next to each other. Yeah. Like
2: a natural combination.
3: I'm going to go with a song that just came out. Um, Nothing But Thieves came out with this new album called Dead Club City. That's a concept album about a city that is a club. Um, mm. And it's very, like, uh, disco futurism, which doesn't sound like them at all. In fact, like, the the whole aesthetic for this is, like, uh, 1970s um, Technicolor sci-fi. And it's very disco. So the first song on the album is called Welcome to the DCC, and it's just this crazy fun, like, justice and... Um, uh, a Daft Punk uh, influenced club song and it's just like you can come here to forget all your troubles and you're living in like a city that is a nightclub and that's what I'd like to do to escape reality
4: very cool I like it very cool
3: listeners do you have a mood of your own why not stop by the tunes and tumblers inbox You can either hit us up in our DMs on Instagram, or we actually have a hotline you can call. That is 626-604-6477. We also take text messages. Let us know how you're feeling, what's on your mind, and who knows, your favorite artist just may make you a playlist on the air. But unfortunately, it's that time to wind things down, shut up the bar, replace the floorboards to keep that Pokemon card collection under the bar. Nice and secure, but before we go, does anyone have any lingering thoughts? Curtis, do you have anything you would like to plug for our listeners?
4: Yeah, um listen to my album. I worked hard on it, and I spent a lot of money making it. So I hope you like it and you tell your friends and you tell your kids one day, and I hope you have please <laughs> thanks guys
3: of course, and it's a great album. I can vouch as somebody who didn't make the album it is a really good one. It's a good one. It's one of the better ones that we have had on this show. So go check it out. Have a good time and also get into your feels. It's got a little of something for everyone.
4: This is very true. I agree. As someone who made the album. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod directly. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced as always by Drew Franzblau and researched by the one and only Lily Eason. Jamie Khan handles all our digital content. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers! There it is. Dead,